Hey, everybody, this is Stephanie. You are listening to the USO LMT podcast. I'm your host. And today I have two special guests. I have Deidre Baker and Sarah Newberry. So I want to introduce Sarah. Sarah is a board certified massage therapist, CE provider, curriculum creator, and barefoot massage pregnancy massage specialist. Sarah is immersed in elevating the experience of massage therapy for clients and therapists. Sarah has developed an option of support from conception to labor massage to postpartum massage and teaches this in her evidence-informed and myth-busting pregnancy massage CE course. You can train with Sarah in St. Louis, Missouri and read more about her at MW Massage Training or her practice website at somaticsoulmassage.com. So thank you, Sarah, for coming on the show to talk to us. Hi. All right. And Deidre, let me introduce Deidre Baker. Deidre is a maternity massage specialist and owner of Relaxing Point Massage. She was born and raised in Colorado, where she attended the Denver School of Massage Therapy. Deidre's been a massage therapist for 17 years and currently runs a successful practice in Gilbert, Arizona. So she's so close to me and uh, working with mamas in all phases of their journey, fertility to postpartum. She's set to have her doula certification for labor and delivery in March. And that's awesome. That's a great next step. Deidre is an active member of the community and looking forward to sharing some of her knowledge with the rest of the massage community. So today we're going to be talking about prenatal massage, which is also one of my specialty areas. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. So I wanted to start off with the two of you and find out why you decided to choose prenatal massage as your specialty. So Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I am actually currently pregnant with my fourth baby. And, um, so it just seemed like a natural step to support moms similar to myself, um, who was looking for, uh, having a good experience with a pregnancy, but also increasing the likelihood of a unmedicated birth. Um, which is why I do some coaching with, with, uh, pregnant people before they go into labor and I do some labor massage as well. Well, that's nice. Do you actually go into the hospital to do the mm-hmm. labor massage? Oh, I love yeah. That. Or home births as well, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. And then Deidre, why did you decide to choose? Um, well, over the last 17 years, um, I have been in probably every single massage industry other than I'm um, with cruise lines. Um, but I had the privilege back in 2008 to help assist both my sister-in-laws in births. Um, and it was something that just kind of stuck in my head over the course of the last several years. And when I took the opportunity to go off on my own, it was what makes me most happy about massage. And it was pregnant women. <laughs> um, and then I have my own struggle with infertility. Um, so it just made it easy, you know, kind of was an easy thing to do as far as being relating, being able to relate to other clientele and walk alongside them in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I know for me, um, I have four children and so going into massage therapy, prenatal massage was just very natural to me. Um, I know that a lot of massage therapists that I've worked with have been like, I am not touching prenatal massage. (laughs) They're either, they're scared of it. They don't want to do it. The ones that have never had kids are just like, I don't even know anything about this. Right. Um, but for me, it was just sort of like a natural thing. I'm like, you just treat a pregnant woman. Like you would treat anybody else on the table, right. Just a little different positioning. Um, and so I love doing it. I love helping out moms and just making them feel better. So 
That was just another one of my things too. And I kind of want to talk about that topic. Why do you think some massage therapists are a little bit nervous about prenatal massage and what could we do to make them feel a little bit better about that? Um, well, I think that there is a big fear around pregnancy in general in our culture that has, that really has nothing to do with massage, but, but then it like bleeds into massage as well. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with like, don't touch here, don't touch there, don't touch during this time. Um, and those sorts of weird things that have perpetuated over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Deidre? Do you have any thoughts on that? I agree. I just think we've uh, misinterpreted and kind of um, treated them as if they were, I think we treat them as if they are diseased a little bit and yeah. um, they're not. It's just a natural process that we go through and they shouldn't really be treated any differently. Um, and again, going back to what Sarah said, I think the, you know, like certain acupressure points being touched and so on and so forth really freaks people out. Um, Yeah. And I do think that's kind of one of the bigger myths about massage therapy. And I know Sarah, you teach this. So I really wanted to kind of get into what are those common myths that you hear and let's talk about them. Well, um, one of the big things, um, and I, I have been hired by different like spas or places like that to teach their entire staff, uh, my course that I've created. And one of the first questions they ask me is, do you teach to avoid pregnancy massage during the first trimester? That's like the first question I'm asked. And I'm always like, I definitely teach to touch people during the entire period of being pregnant. (laughs) Um, so I think that that's, that's one of the biggest misconceptions. And I think that there's a, a big fear for massage therapists to, Oh, I can't touch this person while they're in their first trimester. But so many, so many moms don't even know they're pregnant until, you know, six, eight weeks. So how, I mean, you could be touching someone and not know it. Um, so my question is always like, well, what, what are you afraid of? <laughs> what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You know, and, and I'm aware of all those things that they think are going to happen. And so then we kind of talk through what that means and what that, you know, what, it, what it could mean. And let's think about it critically, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deidre, and you have any thoughts on that one? Nope. She nailed it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I know that, um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, the possibility of miscarriage in the first trimester Mm -hmm. and how that is, I think that's one of the things that scares people the most about it. Um, you know, every female I think has a possibility of miscarriage in the first trimester. And I don't think that the massage makes that any more or any less. Like, what do you think about that, Sarah? Well, I think that, um, that's like a whole topic, right? Because I feel like, um, miscarriages happen way more frequently than we're talking about. So I wish that more people were just talking about that in general so that we could kind of normalize the experience and, and, and discuss it in a way that's like healing and not scary or like avoidant, you know, even just like the, Oh, I don't want to tell anyone I'm pregnant for the first 12 weeks in case I have a miscarriage. Well, yeah, it, it happens frequently. Um, And maybe the more that we talk about it, the more it's not so scary for people, for women to go through. Um, 
And then as far as a massage, from a massage perspective, you know, I know that a lot of massage therapists are concerned about the liability piece of it, but like when you break it down, like how could you really prove that massage was what caused the miscarriage? Um, and you know, I, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to ever say like, just be willy nilly about touching people. And it's not a big deal because it's a big deal when you touch anyone. But, um, I just think if you go back to like, how would you even prove that this is what caused a miscarriage? That's, um, that's the question that I would be asking myself as a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be very difficult. I have no idea if anybody's actually been sued for that or brought up on liability for that. Um, but I imagine that would be very difficult to prove. Well, when I was researching my course and the myths around it, um, and I researched this like, uh, maybe five years ago, so things could be different, but back then there was actually, I think there was maybe one active case in a legal, uh, like a legal case on like whether a massage actually caused a miscarriage or not. And it was like really how, I mean, how, (laughs) and that's one out of like how many thousands of pregnancy massages that are happening right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree with that. That's kind of crazy. Um, so let's kind of get into another one. What do you think is another topic that seems so a myth that massage therapists tend to believe that mamas can't lay face down. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, with, and we can get into this later too, but with proper, with proper support, we can get them to lay face down through their whole, whole pregnancy and continue to treat them like a normal patient. Yes. And I think that we need to talk about sideline massage a little bit because I don't think a lot of people like to do that. They're not very comfortable with the positioning and everything. So being able to get those mothers, the support that they need to lie face down is really important. Um, so what, what kind of equipment do you use Deidre? Do you use, um, you know, pillows, do you have a special table or. I am actually a huge supporter of the body support cushions. Um, in my research, I found that, um, the holes in the tables actually was putting pressure on the uterus and on the baby. Um, so I am not a fan of tables with holes in them. Um, with the body cushions, it only puts, um, pressure on their shoulder joints and on their hip bones. So there's no pressure on them whatsoever and it grows with them. So the cushions get higher and bigger so that the belly can comfortably be on the table without any pressure on baby whatsoever. Um, and I, and that has allowed me to treat the mamas like a normal mama. I can get into the sacrum. I can get into their glutes. I can really get into those hips, um, which is really what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about um, you, Sarah? I have, a, I have a little different, um, approach to it. Um, and just because in my own life. I don't like being prone while I'm pregnant. It's really uncomfortable for me. Um, I always have big babies. I'm like, I'm like huge right now. You can't see me, but I'm like huge. And, uh, for, so laying prone for me, is just really uncomfortable. And I have a lot of round ligament pain. So I put all my mamas on their side 
And um, I mean, if they really want to be prone, I'll, you know, I'll definitely work with them on that because I'm not afraid of that. But I am also, I actually love sideline massage when people are not pregnant. So I think that um, for me, I use the body cushion system as well, but I put them on their side using that body cushion system. The part where your belly kind of lays is a really nice support so that they're not rolling from side to side. Um, and then we'll also put some extra supports if, if needed. Um, but that's just a personal preference for me. Um, just because I don't like it. I don't, I like to just put people on their side and I like to, I like to just make sideline massage more accessible and more normal, even in regular hands-on massage or in my case, barefoot massage. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of just sideline massage in general. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to put their clients on their side because it, they think it's disruptive, but gosh, I tell you the twisting action that can happen and just like the, the massage table pressure coming up into the body and the pressure going down is really kind of gives you that double hip pressure, almost like when, when moms are in labor and you're giving counter pressure in the hips, it's kind of creating that same, that same thing. And I also in sideline massage and pregnancy massage, I'm very big advocate of not turning your body on the side to massage, but instead using gravity to work with muscles in a different way than turning yourself sideways. Cause that's not very ergonomic. <laughs> no, it's not. I actually really like sideline massage too. And it took me a little while, I think to get used to it, but once you do, it's actually a lot easier. And I, I've done a lot of prenatal massages and there's a couple tables that I've worked with. I think my favorite one was the, it's an earthlight table hydraulic, and it has a hole in the middle, but it also has like this, a Velcro band that goes underneath the belly. And so it gives you some support and you can adjust it to the size of the belly, which is really, that was a really good one. Um, and everybody seemed to really like that table. It was really comfortable. It also had holes for the breast to go into. So, um, you know, we could just make them really, really comfortable. Um, and then the other table that I've used, um, I didn't really like this one as much. And this one, it was at a more higher end spa, but this one had like a, um, a wooden thing that you would take out underneath the belly. And then it just kind of made a hole but it was never really for certain, like how deep does that hole go? And I felt like it would put too much pressure on the female. So a lot of times I would just leave them on their side on those. Um, because I just felt like that table was weird, especially like the bigger that they got, I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> so the, um, the earth light table, the earth light pre prenatal massage table, um, with the Velcro belly band, if you're going to get one, I would recommend that one for sure. Um, so let's talk about some of the other stuff. Um, I think that the labor points, that is also a really big one that people I think are really scared of, um, points, especially like around the ankles and the feet and they get kind of weird about it, you know, don't want to really massage those areas at all. But I know a lot of women, um, when they are pregnant, it's just sore. They need you to rub that. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, um, what would we tell people who are kind of nervous about that area? Um, so during my labor stimulation treatments, 
Um, I really um, encourage the mamas to just um, clear the headspace um, because it's going to take intention um, and we both have to be thinking the same thing and we both have to be in tune. Um, and I have to press kind of hard on those points in order to really actually stimulate anything. Um, I have the privilege of working alongside an acupuncturist. Um, and I was told specifically by her that there is just rubbing over the top of those points is not the same as pushing the points. So, um, again, it takes a lot of intention and a lot of sometimes pressure to really get those, um, points stimulated. I will rub feet all day long on pregnant women. <laughs> that is one of their favorite things. And one of my favorite things to give to them because not a lot of people will work on the feet area because of the points surrounding the feet. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, and I, I'll, I'll tell my mamas, you know, your doctor's not telling you, you can't get a pedicure, go get a pedicure, go get your feet rubbed, you know, um, do what you can to take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I say the same thing about pedicures. I'm like, well, no one's really talking to pedicure folks about what points they're touching. So I, you know, again, I'm always trying to get my students and my clients to think critically about like what's being told to them. And, um, I, I also come from a place like, in, I do a labor initiation massage as well, but I, it even says on my website, listen, I'm not initiating anything. <laughs> I'm just here to create a really nice, relaxing environment to hopefully get like the best environment for baby to come. Um, so that, and, and I really like to work with people from the beginning of their pregnancy so that we can start talking about like, what, what does relaxation look like for you? Are there certain songs or certain, you know, like certain things that like help you relax. Um, so whenever people come to me at like 36, 37 weeks, I'm kind of like, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a massage, but like, as far as creating labor, like babies come when they're ready to come, there's not really much we can do about it. Um, and then as far as the points go, I also, again, try to think critically about it. It's like, well, if, if we could really truly in, induce labor, wouldn't we have like a line of 42 week plus moms, like sitting outside our door being like, let me, let me in. And it's, it's just because it doesn't work like that. Like babies come when they're ready to come. Mm -hmm. We can try to create the best environment for that. And I'm all for that. But beyond that, it's not really what we're doing here. Right. Right. So Deidre, do you have any experience with um, massage for infertility or how to you? Yes. You do? I work with several infertility patients. Um, a lot of them are going through the IVF cycle. Um, and that process in itself is just, it can be so uplifting, but so devastating at the same time. And a lot of my women just having a safe place where they can come, where they can unload, where we can talk about the womb, where we can talk about self-love, um, where we can do a little bit of um, I've had a few patients that I've had to do some, we've had to work through some um, trauma in order to um, break free of some of the stuff that they've been holding on to in that area. Um, but it is an amazing thing. And then when you get to see the other side of it and they actually get pregnant, it is, and then you get to work with them the whole, whole way through. It is just, is so amazing, but it is such a the stars have to be so aligned for all of this to happen, even not in IVF 
Um, and I don't think we as women support each other enough through this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that was the fertility thing for me. I know I've really struggled with, um, you know, how about having a miscarriage or a negative pregnancy test every month and not having that support system or not feeling like I had somebody I could talk to or understood my girly parts or so on and so forth. So it's been really interesting to get to dive into that a little bit more. Um, my abdominal massage is my main go-to for that. Um, and it's just, it's, it is so wonderful. Now, what I will tell you is, is that the IVF clinics here where I am at are not very, they're not very good at working with other practitioners. So I've had to do a lot of research on, um, how their processes work and how, you know, what phase we're in and what, how I'm what massage is doing to affect that or how it will affect that, or if anything will mess with drugs that they're going through or injections or so on and so forth. So there is a little bit more into it that you do need to know. Um, but we need this just as much as we need anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that women's healthcare needs to, um, upgrade themselves a little bit. I know there's been a lot of talk lately about, I just saw something that said that period pains are exactly the same as heart attack level pain. Did you guys see that recently? It was in the news like two days ago. And I was like, yes, it actually is, (laughs) but people don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Like the medical system is made for men. So I feel like we have to be there for other females. Yes, especially with things like this. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the, um, abdominal massage part of pregnancy. I think that's another thing that people are very leery of, you know, do we do any abdominal massage? But I love that. I love to, um, you know, work with the abdomen, just do some light massage, you know, a light oil massage usually, and just kind of like, it helps the mother to relax and all the abdominal muscles to relax, especially when they're getting bigger and things are getting tighter and more uncomfortable. So let's talk about that. How do we, um, get people a little bit more comfortable with that situation? Um, I was going to say that I love that you have my abdominal training. I don't have that training yet, but I have been referring a lot of my clients to that as well, because I've heard there's someone here in St. Louis who does it. And so we kind of refer somewhat and, um, I mean, the results and the experiences have been really, really great. So I think that that's something more people should be talking about too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a training I've always wanted to take too. Yeah. And I think about the abdomen, it's an area that people don't touch ever. Yes. But thinking again, logically, it's our core. It's our center. It's our center of gravity. It's what holds us all together. Um, So when we neglect and forget that area, um, that's where a lot of our problems stem from. Um, low back pain, leg pain, uh, hip, hip pain, you know, it's all in that area. And so, um, the other thing that I am a huge fan of is working alongside pelvic floor physical therapists. Um, Mm -hmm. and they, they're amazing. They work with that whole, um, pelvic area and those muscles, that we can't as massage therapists here in the States necessarily work with vaginally. (laughs) Um, but it's an amazing, amazing when the two of us get together and we work, what happens to that whole area and then how strong people then begin to feel because their center of gravity 
has control and power and strength and um, they can do more things. And it's the same with pregnancy. You know, we're, we're essentially changing that whole pelvic area, that whole center of gravity. Um, and, uh, it's hard to bring that all back into place sometimes, but yeah. Well, and I think Stephanie, you said something very valuable about, um, you know, the medical system being kind of around men's health and, our, our center of gravity, especially as women are, you know, in our core. And I think that that's totally not (laughs) being taken care of like it needs to be, Um, you know, and as someone who um, is currently pregnant and I think there, I mean, obviously there's some things to be considered, um, but that doesn't mean you should shy away from it either. yeah, and I agree with you, Deidre, that, you know, it's like people want to avoid the tummy. Um, I've had people and myself included get nauseous while I get um, abdomen massage. Um, but that, again, it's just working with the therapist, working with your client, making sure that you're having communication. Um, it, you know, as the belly grows, it gets tight. And I think that having really nourishing oils, just that in and of itself is a really beautiful thing, um, during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree with that. So what do you guys do if your clients get nauseous? I have yet to experience it that yet. <laughs> um, although yeah. I have had mamas go into full-blown labor while on the table. Um, Ooh. so it's just a matter of remaining, remaining calm. Um, if, if that were to happen for me, um, I would simply say, do you want to continue or not? And give her the control over the session. Um, if you're not feeling well enough to continue, let's, let's get off the table and go. We can get a glass of water. Um, I am a huge fan of essential oils. So I always have, um, safe essential oils in the office. So maybe a quick sniff of peppermint might help you. Um, all kinds of different things, but really I want to leave it up to her. I want her to be the most, I want her to be able to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I also, um, it, in that case, whenever it, if it does happen, um, sitting them up is going to kind of relieve some of that. I also like to use, um, a triangle wedge, uh, whenever they're in like anterior position or something like that so that they're elevated a little bit more, um, to avoid some of that. But anytime there's like, like nausea, you know, like that, just sitting up straight will be a little bit more helpful, but I agree to like letting mom be in control of the situation and say, what do we want to, you know, you want to keep going? Are you done? Right. Yeah. I have had that happen. I haven't had anybody go into labor on my table, but I've definitely had a couple people be like, oh my gosh. And then I just sit them up really quick. Like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need water? And just have to give them a minute. Usually the, it kind of calms down mm-hmm. after a minute or so. I've never actually had anybody toss their cookies on the table or anything like that. <laughs> so, so that's a plus. Yeah. Um, I think that's another thing people kind of worry about. And then the last one, um, I just thought of while we were talking is pre- pressure is another big myth that women in women who are pregnant cannot take a lot of pressure or they don't want a lot of pressure. It's bad for them or something is going to happen. So let's address that too. Um, I know that for me personally, I'll just tell a little bit of my story. Um, I have a SI joint dysfunction, um, on the left side and my hips 
every time I've been pregnant, like that counter pressure where you press press into both hips, that's like the best feeling in the world to me, um, when I'm pregnant and it just hurts so much. And I want deep pressure there. Right. Um, and it's really hard, I think for a lot of pregnant women to be able to find a therapist that will actually provide the kind of pressure that they need. Um, so what would you say about that as far as pressure goes and just helping other therapists feel a little bit more comfortable with that? Well, that's like the number one complaint I see from clients when they come to me, they say, you know, I went here, I went to this person and they barely touched me. And that's such a disservice to our pregnant people. You know, I think it's important to work with them. You can't give deep pressure to everybody because not everybody wants that. But I think that when we are just like rubbing lotion on people, I don't think that's really helpful. (laughs) Um, And I think that, you know, I, I am a barefoot massage therapist, so I'm used to giving a ton of pressure with gravity. So I'm not afraid of pressure and I'm not afraid to give my pregnant mom's pressure. However, like I said, working with, with the person is the key there. Mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of communication because you will get a little bit more sensitive in certain areas where, you know, what feels like deep pressure to you may not really be that deep. So that communication with the client is super important. Um, but what do you think Deidre about pressure as far as I agree with everything you're saying. I really think it's communication with the mama. What does she want? Um, Mm -hmm. checking in halfway through your session, am I giving you enough pressure or is it too much? Um, I generally am a medium to deep, um, pressure. So I don't generally get complaints, but, um, I'm generally, or I'm constantly checking in with them just to make sure, you know, do we need to adjust? Um, and I would say that about everything. Um, do are the pillows comfortable? And, and, that, and that happens halfway through a lot of times. And I don't know if this happens for Sarah, like all of a sudden, yep, nope, I can't be on my side anymore. My hip is throbbing. Okay. So we immediately need to, to change to a different position. So, um, pressure is that communication with, with your client is key Mm -hmm. and flexibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to note that pregnant moms need to move a bunch. They just, they might not, they might only be there for five minutes and they're like, okay, it's time for me to move. And you've got to be able, you got to be willing to move with that. Yep. That's really true. And you know, the other thing too, I mean, I know that I've had some, some issues when I was pregnant where, you know, I would go in and get a massage and it would be like just the rubbing on of the lotion. And I would just get irritated so quickly. And I think a lot of moms do that. Like when you are not communicating with them and you're not giving them what they need, those are the people who just get up, walk out of the bedroom and be like, I'm done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, And it just, like, you just have to really work with them. And I think communication is even more important when it comes to prenatal clients, just because they're, you know, the emotions can sometimes be a little bit all over the place, you know, and you just have to be really careful and make sure that they are getting what they came there for. Right. Have you guys ever had that experience? I I mean, I think it makes sense, right? When we think about it, it's like you're the pregnant person's body is, is changing so quickly and so rapidly. They're super hyper aware and tuned into their body of what's happening, what's changing. So it makes sense that they would be 
more, you know, not okay with sitting there in discomfort. Cause like a lot of things are uncomfortable about being pregnant. <laughs> yes. Uh, you had that experience Deidre where, you know, people just get a little bit more emotional about things. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh, their yeah. hormones are raging. You never know what's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I've had experiences where, you know, at one of the franchises that I worked for, I had a prenatal client come in and I, she had to get a doctor's note. It was like one of the things, because we found out that her pregnancy was high risk and it was just the hardest, most emotional thing to tell this lady. She had to come back with a doctor's note because nobody had told her prior to that, but we didn't know about the high risk aspect. And as far as liability, when you're working at a place like that, you have to be really careful, you know? So I had to send her home and I don't think I've ever seen a client so mad in my whole life. And I just felt awful about it. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So those things happen. Um, What would you say about that too, as far as like high risk pregnancy, what are the things that we have to kind of watch for when it comes to that? Well, Um, I think that Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. I was waiting for you. (laughs) That's funny. I was waiting for you. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, most high risk situations are going to be known prior to coming into your office. So that's going to be the people who are working with or should be working with their doctor, midwife, whoever. Um, And I think that we get scared about... um, high risk situations, but really they're very few, like there's not that many. And if, if you have a pregnant person who has a high risk situation, they're going to know about it. And their doctor's probably going to be like, Hey, you're going to be on bed rest. You're going to be hospitalized, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I currently have gestational diabetes and I have with all four of my children, it's on the low risk of the high risk, if you will. And, um, it's just about, it's like, that's why it's really important to take a pregnancy massage course, because you learn about these conditions just because I have gestational diabetes. I have a, a reader right here on my arm that constantly checks my blood sugar and it doesn't make me unable to receive massage. It just means avoid this area right here. And maybe some of the injection sites of where I put insulin, you know, but that's why taking a course is really important to understand these conditions that moms deal with. That doesn't mean I have to avoid massage. Mm-hmm. And then what about you, Deidre, as far as high risk? Sarah nailed it. Um, <laughs> she, great job, Sarah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's true too, that there aren't really that many risks. Um, blood pressure, I think is one that's kind of common. Um, For sure. And something that you just kind of watch out for when your client's getting up off the table, or if they're rolling over on the table, you know, are they getting dizzy and stuff like that? You need to kind of be careful with that. And I think that's one of the ones that I see the most, um, swelling, maybe we should kind of address that a little bit, like what, you know, the feet swelling and the legs swelling. Um, what do you guys do in that situation? I'm trained in lymphatic drainage. So I take that as an opportunity to, you know, uh, start stimulating that lymph flow, um, and see what, you know, try to help again, going back to making her comfortable, um, whatever I can do to 
you know, most of the time it's ankles, <laughs> cankles. Um, yes. <laughs> and so I, again, just using, using the different tools in my belt, um, lymphatic is what I go to, to help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it would be alarming to me if like one area was more swollen than another area or something like one leg versus the other, or like, I don't know, up by the knee or, you know, like something really unusual, but as far as swelling goes, I mean, I think it's a matter of communication too. And being like, how does this feel? Is this comfortable? Um, do you want lighter pressure here? You know, I mean, I I'm totally with you on the lymphatic drainage. That's where that tool really comes in mm-hmm. handy. Yeah. That's a really good one to, um, use in conjunction with prenatal massage. What other types of classes would you recommend? I mean, definitely a prenatal course in addition to whatever you learned in school, right? (laughs) That's really important, especially if you are not pregnant, you're a male therapist, you've never had a baby, right? So you don't, you know, taking those courses will make you more comfortable. I think, um, we mentioned lymphatic. What else, what else are some other good courses to take for these? Uh, I like that my in a, abdominal massage. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good um, supplement. Um, I think I think anything with like medication too would be good to know which kind of medications mm-hmm. moms might be on. Agreed. Um, I mean, I also think if you really want to get into this, you know, you can really move into like some Eastern theory classes. And I also teach an Eastern theory class where we talk about the points, but then I bring like a very Western anatomical approach to it. Um, But even in Thai massage, when we talk about the Dantian and like how all the um, lines cross in the the core, in the belly, I mean, this is, I think that's like layers upon layers of, application to a pregnancy massage, if that makes sense. But if we're talking about courses, I mean, those are the things that I would suggest to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those. I would really say go take you. an acupressure class be more comfortable with those points. Yeah. Um, and there's, a, a, there's so many points other than the basic five that we're told to avoid or use, um, that can help yeah. through this whole entire process. Yeah. And, you know, in the pregnancy massage course that I created, we also talk about like the beginning of conception all the way to postpartum. So even if you wanted to do like doula training, that would be very complimentary or even postpartum doula training would be really complimentary and just understanding the depths of, of like how a pregnant person changes throughout the the process, but also even afterwards and like how to support someone once the baby is here, because that's a whole other place where we don't have enough support in our world, in our world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also think that following up this training, if it's something that you were interested in doing, it would be a really good option to maybe even take an infant massage course. So Mm -hmm. you can either help the mother learn how to do that with her baby or actually help to kind of take care of the baby and kind of carry that along too. Um, That's a really good one. And then as far as postpartum massage, let's talk about that because I don't think, I don't think that's covered very well in massage school. Um, 
I don't think that pregnancies cover very well in massage school anyways. Um, it was yeah. just kind of a real quick, you know, part of our course, but, um, what do we do with the mothers after they have the baby? Is there anything special that we need to be watching out for or look for? Or how does that work? So in a lot of my research that I've done about this, um, I think in a lot of indigenous cultures, heat is a really big piece of, of it. Warmth and um, warmth and heat, which I'm a big fan of thermal therapy, even in my regular sessions, my non-pregnancy massage sessions. So I'm all about it. I'm like, bring me all the heat. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, I think, so one thing I do is I go to people's houses for the first six weeks and do postpartum like spot treatments is what I like to call it. Um, head, neck, shoulders, hands, feet, just like nourishing, really like nourishing that mom, you know, really, how can I help you feel special and important and valued and, um, you know, grateful for what you just created and did. I think it's a really beautiful thing. So just coming from that position and like going into their home and, you know, massaging them while they might be nursing their baby or, um, you know, a lot of times family members are all moving around and it's just like, okay, this is the time that's just for you. Whether it's even just a 30 minute quick session kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's postpartum is kind of my jam too. I really love that. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Um, I know when I was, after I had my first baby, I, I can't remember a little league. I was a, um, consultant for, um, breastfeeding mothers after that too. And, you know, sometimes people would just have issues with breastfeeding. They would call me on the phone and I would just talk them through that. And I did that for a couple of years and it was just a free like volunteer thing that I did. But I think that might be another really good follow-up if you want to work with mothers, you know, and maybe you could um, contact Lila Shaley. They do training and like, you know, breast massage to help nursing mothers and things like that. So maybe that's another idea if you want to kind of move that forward. Um, you know, obviously check with what's legal in your state and what you can do. <laughs> um, I'll just plug that in there, but definitely that's another avenue. I think in, you know, I think from, um, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but I want to just put this out there from a business perspective. I have seen multiple massage therapists make this the only thing they do. And I think it's perfectly, viable as a business um, specialty or niche to lean into working with pregnancy from a full spectrum kind of approach. Um, so I think if you are someone who wants to work with pregnant people, you totally have like an opportunity here to lean completely into pregnancy as like what you do, <laughs> your specialty. I think it's totally possible. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. I think prenatal is probably one of the easiest niches to really get into in your business, because it's like, there's so many things that you can do from start to finish and so many different avenues that you could take to follow it up. So, I mean, Deidre, I guess you kind of did that, right? Like both yeah. of you guys have done that. So, um, so what do you, what would you guys say about, um, marketing? What is it like to run a prenatal business? You know, let's talk about it a little bit. Well, I think one of the misconceptions is around, um, you know, these people are only pregnant for nine, 10 months or whatever, and then you never see them again. And it's like, that's not, don't let that stop you. Like, don't let that, you know, don't be afraid of that because 
if you connect with the right networking people in your area, whether it's chiropractors who specialize in spinning babies or Webster technique or whatever, and you get in with those people or, um, you know, OBs, pelvic floor therapists, uh, even doulas, midwives really connect with those folks. Like they're going to be talking about you all the time. Mm-hmm. And then what about you, teacher? Do you do anything, um, special as far as marketing goes or like who, um, well, you know, this was, this was kind of hard when I first started, um, networking was definitely, I'm a little on the shy side. So net, networking was really hard for me. And I felt like I was always in the wrong groups. <laughs> I was with real estate agents and, um, restaurant owners. And it just, it was really hard. Then it, then it was really hard to talk about pregnancy. Um, so kind of going back to what Sarah said, finding the right people, um, networking with doulas. Um, and actually my biggest networking groups have been mom's groups, (laughs) getting involved in any of the mom's groups, um, has, has been what has helped me the most. And then the other thing that I just want to throw in there is, is that prenatal massage can be treated just like any other massage treatment, if you will set it up like a treatment plan. Um, continuous massage throughout labor can decrease labor by three 30%. Um, so getting them on a treatment plan, um, and getting them to understand that this is a regular thing, um, has really helped me as far as continued business. And then a lot of my stuff just comes word of mouth. So, um, being in those mom's groups and then word of mouth has been my two biggest, um, things. Yeah. Yeah, And I will, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I just had a question about the mom's groups. So are you getting into mom's groups on social media? Are there local groups that you can find in your area? I know they used to have like meetup and that was really active and they had tons of mom's groups on there, but I don't even know if that's still a thing. Um, Social media is really easy. You can really just type in mom and then anything that comes up for your local area, join it. Um, So like I'm part of a, I'm here in Arizona. So I'm a part of an Arizona mom's group. I'm part of, um, uh, local, my local city is Gilbert. So there's a Gilbert mom's group. Um, I do participate in some of the lactation, um, and I get in with some of the midwives. There's a, um, Arizona moms and doulas group. So like, as far as social media, that's really easy. Cause you can really just type in one word and then just find any of the extra words that come into your area, um, and join as many of those as possible. And then just start creating a presence on social media. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean I ha- I'm not a video person, so I don't do videos. But if somebody, if I see a post that says, hey, I'm looking for a massage therapist, you better believe that I'm one of the first people that's going to comment. Um, so that has been, social media has been really helpful as far as that goes. And then, yes, I have several local groups. Um, in fact, this weekend I was with um, a group called the Mom Bosses. Um, and we did a Mom Boss Fairs. And it's all mom entrepreneurs. Um, so getting getting with other mom entrepreneurs and, and getting to know them that way. And um, just building and establishing relationships within your community is, um, has really helped me. I love that. Yeah. The mompreneur people are like, they're They're serious. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, they Um, have also been my biggest support system. Um, Having those other moms to lean on and go through this process with has been huge. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I what were you going to say earlier? I was just going to say, like, I think connect 
connecting with childbirth educators as well and even talking about like hey can I come in and talk about how you know massage can increase oxytocin and coming from like a very scientific place of understanding the way the birth and labor process works um that's been really helpful for me in because they're already in if, if someone's taking a childbirth class whether it's through a hospital or like a private company they're already learning about how the hormones work with to create labor create the process and then if you come in and supplement your education with it like this is how massage therapy can help you in easing everything um it, it's going to help you you know gain their trust if you will mm-hmm. yeah it's a really Speaking good idea. the same language <laughs> yes and then have you guys ever gone um anywhere and just actually given your own talk or discussion about prenatal therapy like um at a hospital or anything like that um, I mean, I've definitely worked with uh, some of the groups that are meeting, the moms groups, some of the um, kind of breastfeeding support groups, childbirth class groups, and and done some talks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we need to get uh, so many more massage therapists doing that sort of thing. <laughs> yep. And I would, I would, um, do you have any advice for helping people kind of get out of their treatment room and, you know, into a group like that, where they can stand up and give a talk about massage therapy and what the benefits are in whatever aspect, whether it be prenatal or whatever their specialty might be. Yeah. I mean, I think that being prepared is the first thing, right? Like getting, whether it's creating some sort of pamphlet to show up and say like, this is what I can talk about. This is what I'm here to talk about is what I'd like to talk about. Um, you know, you could always like join a Toastmasters group or something like that, where you get more comfortable talking in front of people. Um, I, I've never had a problem. I'm not very, I'm not shy. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of introverted, but I'm also kind of extroverted too. So I don't mind doing that kind of stuff, but I know for a lot of massage therapists, it's really challenging. Um, so I would say like practice with people, you know, and care about who will tell you not just oh yeah, you did great. But like, here's where you can improve and that sort of thing. Um, and then ha- like leaning into, you know, having, um, like supports, whether it's paper or a pre- presentation or something like that, where you're not just like trying to talk off the cuff, but kind of more prepared, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my I two think cents. <laughs> that's my two cents too. I like it. So Deidre, you said you're a little bit shy. So how, what did you do or what do you do to prepare yourself for those? Um, well, so my first speaking engagement is actually this next week. I have been asked to come in and actually speak about prenatal at one of our local massage schools. Um, so, you know, that I've just done the best that I could to prepare as much information that I could. Um, and really what is, what do I really want people to take away? What are like the five bullet points that are most important to me? Um, And that I'm already nervous thinking about that. So, (laughs) um, and that, and, and that does kind of lean into the shyness of me. I do get a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of, um, anxiousness going into stuff like that. But the reality of it is once you're on the other side, you're fine. (laughs) True. It's true. Um, I have always been nervous, like getting up on stage and stuff like that. But as a kid, I did a lot of it. So I was like, not, I don't know. 
I was still nervous every time I did it, but then I just like did it anyways. And so just kind of like working through that, I think is so important. And even, even today, I'm just like, oh gosh, these podcasts, sometimes they just make me nervous. Right. And then I'm like, I'm meeting new people and I'm kind of introverted too. And so that's part of it. And it's like, I know I can just go and edit this thing and it doesn't really matter if I'm nervous, right. But it's still (laughs) just like there. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Have to kind of like just right. Yeah. (laughs) And I always do that too. Like I will have notes, you know, with me every time I'm talking on a video or if I'm talking in front of people, um, and just really try to be as prepared as possible. And that really helps me a lot. So I think, I think practice is, is part of it too, because even us just talking, the three of us, I mean, I know there's going to be lots of other people listening to it one day or whatever, but I think just talking, we're just casually having a conversation and that kind of easier brings it down a little bit. And, you know, each one of you are very valid in what every, everything that you're saying. So, um, having, you know, the supports to tell you that you're doing a good job, I think is really important to be like, Oh yeah, I, I do know what I'm talking about. I'm, I do have the experience in the, um, yeah, the experience to know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about, uh, we talked about classes and sort of, so equipment, um, what other things might people use as far as like bolsters go? Are there anything special that you like to use? I know we talked about the body cushioning massage, but what other types of things could people do, um, to kind of help their uh, pregnant ladies feel more comfortable. And then do you guys know, um, or sell any kind of retail products that are geared towards prenatal clients or anything that might help them? So Sarah mentioned earlier that she uses a wedge. Um, I always highly recommend the wedge as well. Um, I like to keep my, um, clients at a 40 degree angle when they're, um, lying face up. Um, I also use a, um, pregnancy pillow, um, that you can pretty much get at on Amazon or really anywhere they sell pregnancy, um, supplies, but I have a lot of my mamas that just really enjoy having the pregnancy pillow. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot easier to use sometimes than the bolsters. Like I've had yeah. to use, you know, the, the leg bolster when they're on their yeah. side to like prop up their leg and stuff. But if you have that big pregnancy pillow, they can just wrap their arms around it. Exactly. Super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Anything else special that you use, Sarah? Um, I like to, so I like props. So I have all kinds of things I can gather. I've got fluffy pillows, flat pillows, short pillows, big pillows. (laughs) Um, But I, one thing that I really like is um, the Mother Earth Pillows brand of buckwheat hull support sets. They're like about this big and the buckwheat holes kind of make a lot of noise, but the holes kind of stick together so that you can put them exactly where you want it. And it kind of like shapes to whatever form you make it. Um, and I sell those too, because I teach pregnancy massage. So I sell them both to my clients and to my students. Um, but I also have, I, I like the triangle wedge. I also have another wedge sort of it's like shorter but it's like longer and then it's I don't know if that makes sense but (laughs) I like to just have all kinds of different pillow options so that we can get our pregnant person as comfortable as possible 
Um, and then I also, at, I think at stores like Bye Bye Baby or whatever other mom store, they make like wedges that go underneath the belly to support the belly when mom's laying in her bed. And I think that supporting the belly while they're laying on your table is really important. So I like to have those on hand too. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I like to use thermal therapy. So I always have like a hot pillow um, for like their neck or something like that. I like that too. I think a lot of people are also a little nervous to use heat on prenatal clients because, um, and I have, you know, if it gets too hot, you will get kind of nauseous. You could end up getting nauseous. I'm not saying that you will, but you might. So, um, that is something to be a little careful with, but over the heat, the neck and shoulder area just feels way too good to not do. Right now I am one that uses heat on the whole body. I use heated towels, um, but they're not hot enough to really actually do anything to the mama. It's more of just softening up that first layer of tissue. So I'm also a huge fan of heat. Um, but I, the other thing I would say that I use, um, I use essential oils. I'm a huge essential oil fan. I truly believe in lavender and geranium and then clary sage is what I go to for my, um, labor stimulation treatment. Yeah, that's a good one. I use clary sage a lot too. I like that one. And lavender geranium just smells so good. It's good. Addition oh my gosh. To basically that's the one that everybody's like, I've never smelt that one before. What is that? <laughs> I know. And it's one of the best smelling essential oils. I think there is it's so good. Um, so yeah, I highly would recommend that too. Um, is there a special kind of, um, massage oil that you guys use or that you would recommend for prenatal clients? I like to use, especially on the belly, anything with a vitamin E in it. Um, I was going to say the same thing, (laughs) (laughs) um, but a coconut oil, um, I also like to use cocoa butter, um, just to help with stretch marks and, um, all of that stuff that's changing as they're going through this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, shea butter, do you think that it kind of works just as well as the cocoa butter? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a really good lotion. I think to use as well, if you're going to go with a lotion product instead of a, um, an oil, which a lot of people might do also. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that, that, um, those are really good products. Anything else that you guys want to talk about as far as prenatal goes or anything that you might want to tell other therapists out there about it? Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid. (laughs) I would say that too. There's nothing to be afraid of. Thank you for listening to the USOLMT Massage Podcast. This episode completes season three, first quarter of 2022. Join us when we come back for second quarter on April 14th for season four. Have a great spring break and we'll see you after.